1: What's going on, Pittsburgh Steeler fans? Welcome back to another episode of The Standard is a Standard. I'm Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you've noticed, you're watching live on YouTube, I'm the only face you see. And that's because my partner in crime, my co-host, Lance Williams, out on the West Coast, we just couldn't get it together this weekend. Uh, we tried to have the show. We thought it was Saturday. That didn't work. We tried Sunday. I was golfing most of the day. Uh, We wanted to schedule it then for Monday, Memorial Day, and he had stuff going on. The the time difference, it just didn't work out. So this week, you're stuck with just me, but we're still going to deliver the Steelers goods. Or I should say, I'm going to deliver the Steelers goods for you. And we're going to talk about all the stuff that happened this past week. And the one thing that kind of resonates with me, and it's the reason why I titled this episode what I did, and that was, when is the Pittsburgh Steelers drama going to end? Now, I do want to preface this with the fact that I don't think the drama that they're experiencing now is as bad as what it was last season, but everything is just so magnified with this team. Terrell Edmonds is liking Antonio Brown's tweet, and that's causing drama. Joey Porter we're going to talk about him a lot today on the show goes onto the NFL network and hey he can he's not employed by the Steelers anymore he was not his contract was not renewed aka he was fired and he talks very candidly about Ben Roethlisberger and also about Devin Bush like I said we'll talk about that in a second when will the drama end that's what we're going to get to a lot in this Specific episode. But before I go any further, and before I forget, that's the key. Before I forget, and plus Dave Schofield would kill me, it is you are still have time to enter our win a free Juju Smith Schuster jersey contest. Uh, we've had several videos entered, and to be honest with you, it's still up for grabs, folks. Plain and simple, still up for grabs. All you have to do is go to Twitter, follow us at BT Steel Curtain. You have to create a video. Now, the only stipulation here is we ask that you're 18 years of older. And when you submit the video, let's say you have a child, younger brother, younger sibling, nephew, niece, doesn't matter. You could have them do the touchdown celebration and you record it and you submit it. As long as you're over 18, you're, you're cool. You can you can get the jersey that fits them. You could gift the jersey, doesn't matter. All we ask is you tag us in the post and also use the hashtag juju. Jersey contest. I hashtag Juju Jersey contest. And we'll put that in the description. So make sure you do that. And if you don't do that, we're not going to see it. If you don't see it, it's not going to be as good. And we're not going to we're going to waste time. So we we, don't, we want you to get get a free jersey here, folks. We're going to announce the winner this Thursday night on the Steelers preview. So make sure you still do that. Didn't want to forget. Boom, got it out of the way. So I, I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the the show and the drama. And the drama. And it just seems like there's so much drama. When will it ever end? Well, you know, Joey Porter, he goes out on NFL Network, and he chimes in about how he thought Ben Roethlisberger is selfish and the way that he handles teammates in certain situations. And, uh, and he wasn't alone when he criticized Roethlisberger and his apology to Antonio Brown. He said that he thought it was too late. You know, he, he felt that he should have come out earlier. I don't know. It's tough for me to be to take an outsider's perspective on this situation because I'm a Steeler fan. I hated the way the Antonio Brown left. I hated the way that he handled himself when he left. And if I were Ben Roethlisberger, I probably would have done the same thing. And what is that? Just to shut up? Just to sit down and say, "Look, I'm not even saying a word because this guy's bashing me up and down every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'm not saying a word." And a lot of people view that in a negative connotation. They viewed that as he's just waiting for the perfect time that right before OTAs, right before the media would be right back in his face with the cameras. He wanted to get ahead of that. And I'm sure that that had a lot to do with it. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, the PR department are not dumb. They're not idiots. They know how to handle the media. And so don't think that the one-on-one interview with Katie with and KDKA with Bob he wasn't strategically placed to be aired the day before the Steelers reported for organized team activities. They did that on purpose. They did that to the Roethlisberger say, look, I talked about it last night. He answered the questions of the next day and they're ready to turn the page. He did that on purpose. So um, I, I think that Joey Porter's comments, hey, he can say what he wants, period. He can say what he wants, but this is all tied together. It's all tied together, and we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Then Joey Porter went on, same interview. He talked about Devin Bush, and he talked about how when he was at the team, they were having to devote almost two, sometimes three players to do what Ryan Chazier typically did on the football field, which is amazing in itself. And that he feels that Devin Bush will be able to go out and do what Ryan Chazier did, and the Steelers' defense, therefore, can be more balanced in terms of people just playing their natural positions, not having to go out of their way to try to cover up, not a mistake, but cover up someone's weakness, so to speak, Uh, Think about a guy like John Bostic who played last year. He definitely has his limitations from an athleticism standpoint. And so if if you go out there and you have a Devin Bush, you don't have to have a Sean Davis or Terrell Edmonds or a Morgan Burnett that was there last year covering for Bostic and what he was supposed to do at the inside linebacker position. Now with Devin Bush, who's fast enough, athletic enough, sideline to sideline speed. He can kind of do what he's supposed to do and everyone else can kind of do what just they're supposed to do. So that was important. That was key. But Joey Porter was on the news, and he was saying a bunch of stuff. And I mentioned Terrell Edmonds and his Twitter like around the world. I said this on the Steelers preview last week. I wrote an article about it on Sunday in my letter from the editor. And that is, my goodness, is it, it, when is when is this going to just stop? I mean, for crying out loud, that means that somebody went on their Twitter timeline and they saw that Terrell Edmonds liked Antonio Brown's. Two face using air quotes there for those that are listening in audio form. His two face, a tweet. First and foremost, I don't care. He can like whatever he wants. And I use the example that I have a relative and she would like anything that is posted from family members. It could be a Bible quote. It could be an anti Bible quote. It could be a video of grass growing. It could be a video of paint drying. It could be someone, I, I don't know. Lighting their fart on fire. I saw a video where someone did that recently. <laughs> so <that's, sorry. laughs> that comes to mind. But she would like it. She would like everything. She just like 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 like. That's just who she is. Maybe Trell Evans is like that. He said that he likes a lot of stuff on Twitter. Maybe that's what happened. I really don't care. Here's let's let's bring it all back to that opening headline. That oh title of the episode. When is the drama going to end? There's no foreseeable drama ending as long as the Steelers are driving the needle. And you can throw in Bud Dupree calling Mark Caboli of the Athletic Fat Boy on Twitter as another example of drama. Now, the Steelers can go about their business a little bit better. Trell Edmonds could think about what he's doing before he hits the like, retweet, quote, tweet stuff. Uh, Bud Dupree could certainly call out a media member without having to call him uh, Fat Boy and talking about his weight. Um and, you know, the, the, that's the stuff that they can control. The Joey Porter stuff they can't control because as long as they drive the needle, and I'm talking about when Joey Porter goes on the TV and he's a former coach and he's a former player and he's won a Super Bowl and he's giving an insider's view of what's going on in the locker room, people are going to watch. Sites like ours are going to recover it. The Tribune Review covered it. Uh, we weren't, it wasn't just like blogs. I mean, a lot of people covered this story. And the NFL network says, two thumbs up, we did our job. We got the viewers, we got the people talking, and that's what they want. So as long as as long as this team, whether Antonio Brown, Le'Veon On Bell are still on it or not, as long as they're still a team that is popular, which is always going to be the case, as long as they're a team that people feel are there people going to talk about, which will always be the case, they're going to get the they're going to put these these stories out they're going to get these people to talk they're going to have situations in place where they know that what they're saying might not be true they know that they're going to be controversial and they don't care because all they care about is views clicks and all that good stuff so when will the drama end the Steelers can do a better job of handling their own business but at the same time they're they're a team that is always going to be Attention getting. And I don't mean from themselves wanting the attention. I mean, the fan base is so huge that any bit of Steelers news, people want to grab onto it. They want to cling to it. They want to dissect it. And that's one of the reasons why our site is so big. It's also one of the reasons, though, why the Steelers are always seemingly surrounded by drama. Because let's be honest, like I just said, let's say Bud Dupree doesn't call Marco Moli fat boy. Let's say that Trell Edmonds doesn't like Antonio Brown's tweet. No one is stopping Joey Porter from going on the national media and saying what he said. No one. He had no breach of contract. They're paying him to say that. They want him to say that. The Steelers can't control that. So when I think of drama, I think it's internal. So you think about like Antonio Brown's Facebook Live. That's drama. You think about some of the situations that they've been in with Antonio Brown, with Le'Veon Bell. You know, Le'Veon Bell supposedly missing a walkthrough for the playoff game in 2017 against the Jaguars. That's trauma. That's something they can control that they're not. Um, how they rated Le'Veon Bell's locker last year was a bad look. How they talked about him when he didn't show up for week one. That's trauma, in my opinion. Because they can't control Chris Carter. They can't control um, some of the radio guys, whether it's Wingo and Trey Wingo and, and Mike Golick. They can't control Colin Cowherd. All these people that have these hard views and opinions of their team, they can't control it. To me, that's not drama. That's just people trying their hand at journalism, most of the time failing. But ultimately, that's not drama. The drama that they can handle is Trell Edmonds needs to be smarter, Bud Dupree be smarter. They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I really do. I don't think this season is going to be as bad. But that the drama will not end until that starts to take place. So keep that in the back of your mind. All right, a couple more questions. um, Not questions. Lance and I went over some key points we wanted to cover in the show uh, before I get to your questions. And the other one was: Is it well, the Steelers are the Steelers flirting with two back sets, and that's if would they have James Conner and Jalen Samuels or Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell Jr. in the backfield together? Uh, this is a tough one. I thought about it. And if my first immediate reaction is no, because they're not going to want to take a wide receiver off the field. But if it's Jalen Samuels, I can see them using him as like a flex option where maybe if they're in the shotgun or maybe if they're not, and they're just like the old school pro formation with two running backs behind a, a quarterback under center, then maybe Jalen Samuels could then motion out out wide. He's a receiver. Then that's going to definitely get some mismatches going, get the defense moving. So, That's an option. I just don't see them running out of that too much. I just really don't. Uh, I I don't know. Say what you want. I just don't think that the NFL is suited for that type of style. I can't think of any NFL team that runs that on the regular. But at the same time, maybe the Steelers will try to be trendsetters. We'll see. The last thing before I get to your questions. J.J. Smith-Schuster, during the first week of OTAs, um, was talking with the media And he said that, you know, hey, just told the guys kind of after the media session, like, look, I just want you all to know I'm going to be around. I'm going to be available. It's not just going to be once a week, which is what Antonio Brown did. Um, And then they're like, okay, that's cool. Thanks. You know, he said, look, I'm not going to be an a-hole. And so the question that Lance posed to me is, was Juju, you know, throwing shade at Antonio Brown when he said he wasn't going to be an a-hole? I think Yes. I think that, yes, I think that he probably saw firsthand how Antonio Brown handled the media, especially last year. Last year was weird. Um, and it, This is a guy that called himself Ronald Ocean one year. It was weird last year, though, weirder than that. Uh, the way that he, he just didn't want to talk to the media at all. He was only available every Friday, and that was for a very, like, a very short amount of time. I think Juju saw this and said, look, guys, you know, I, I'm not going to treat you that same way. Um, I'm I'm not an a-hole. That's just not how I'm gonna do business. So, was he throwing shade? I think he was. Was it like a something that is gonna cause Antonio Brown to respond on Twitter? Probably, <laughs> but ultimately, I think Juju's saying like, look, he did his thing. His he did his thing, and he did it his way. And there's some stuff he's gonna glean from that. His work ethic, the way that he approaches. Teaching others, because everything you heard about Antonio Brown as he was a player was he's the hardest worker, and he looked out for his wide receiver room. Uh, I think Juju says I see that, but I also see some of the things that I didn't he, that he didn't like, and maybe handling the handling of the media was one of those things. I can't speak for him, so that's just my guess, my personal opinion. But uh, ultimately, um, he can take that hard work and that dedication that Antonio Brown showed. But at the same time, you could also say, you know what? If I get a little bit more friendly to the media, um, it's going to help me off the field too. It's not going to have them be, yeah. The, the, the Pittsburgh media can be very fickle. They can be very angry, and they can they can definitely take it out on players. So there you have that. I think he was turned shade for sure. That's just me though. All right, let's get into some questions. Uh, if you're in the live chat right now. And if you're listening you're just going to listen to the questions as i read them um if you're on the live chat right now and you have a question go ahead and fire away if you didn't know we do have a super chat feature sometimes like right now we have a little over 60 70 people in the live chat a lot of people that um you know they want their question answered but there's just so many people asking if you use the super chat that's where it says chat publicly at bs btsc steelers radio there's a little money sign next to it you can donate any amount of money it goes straight to the show we really appreciate it and it highlights your question i've always said that my policy is i guarantee we will answer any super chat question so you don't have to use it but it's there for you if you want we'll answer a few of these um and then we'll get out of here and then we'll be back on a regular schedule after this i guarantee it um how many games Let's hear it. Okay, Cecil asks, how many games Ben Roethlisberger's INTs cost the team? I think it's a toss-up between interceptions and Chris Boswell field goal misses or point after misses. I, I'd always say that when a, when a kicker misses an extra point, it puts the team behind the chains. And I'm not speaking figuratively in terms of third and ten, those chains. I'm talking about it puts them chasing a score. Rather than being up seven to nothing, they're up six to nothing. Or rather, 14 to nothing, they're 13 to nothing. Now, all of a sudden, they're having to ask themselves if they score another touchdown, should we go for two or should we just trail a point and kick another field goal or extra point? It, it, it's just crazy. But Ben's interceptions didn't help. He had some crucial interceptions in some really bad times. But in my opinion, I say that Boswell's kicks were a bigger issue last year than Ben's interceptions. But that's just me. Um, Question, Jeff, what position did you play in high school football? Who's your favorite NFL player? Um, a little known fact, um, I did not play high school football. It's one of the biggest regrets that I have in life. Um, I wish I would have. Uh, I went to a private school in Wheeling, uh, Wheeling Central Catholic. Uh, they had a very good football team, and I came from public school. Uh, and so I didn't know a lot of people. I was intimidated by the, the program and didn't play. I ended up playing golf. And I know that's that's quite a stark contrast. Won a state championship in golf. Um, I played baseball; I was a big baseball player. But I will say that growing up, when I was in high school, uh, one of the f- the first player that I remember really really liking in the Steelers was Barry Foster. I, I don't know what it was. He didn't play the team that long. In case you're a young listener or viewer, uh, number twenty nine. But man, was he fun to watch. But the most electrifying player that I've seen in I don't know if I've ever seen any of another player like him was Cordell Stewart when he was slashed, not Cordell Stewart, the quarterback. And we know that Cordell absolutely had his, had his warts as a thrower, but think back to those 94, 95 seasons, especially 95. I think that might've been his rookie year. Um, in 96, when he was still that guy that came in as a wide receiver, and he could throw the ball and he could run the ball. Mike, goodness was he fun to watch absolutely was fun to watch and i think that it's one of those situations where um i i just can't think and if you're in the live chat i'd love to get your opinion as if you can think of a player that was as electrifying as slash i knew people that named their dog slash period they named their dog slash because that's how awesome this guy was when he first came into the league, um, but I, I just don't understand. <laughs> Lance Williams who's about to join us here on the show shortly. He's he's gonna chime in. Um, I just think that it's uh, it Troy, he was dynamic, but he never he didn't have the ball in his hands as much. That's a good one though. That was by Ryan. He said that Troy was as electrifying. Cordell Stewart was awesome. When he first came to the league, he was absolutely awesome. So let's keep the questions coming, and as Lance gets in here, we'll we'll get his take on some of the stuff we've already talked about. Um, right, Ron asked do you, "I do I think that the Juju Smith-Schuster will go back in the slot with Washington outside?" Statistics show. Now, granted, this is with Antonio around the outside. Statistics show that Juju Smith-Schuster does his best damage from the slot and not out wide. So I think that they are going to be able to move Juju Smith-Schuster around similar to how they used to move Antonio Brown around to get the matchup that they wanted. Now, in the latter portion of Antonio Brown's career, he did not move to the slot as much. He was always on the field, but typically he was out wide. Even on single wide receiver sets, he would be out wide. They didn't put him in the bunch formation as much, and I get it. You don't always want the best player on your team to be running across the middle to possibly be decapitated by an inside linebacker, but they definitely did take him out of the middle towards his latter portions, latter years of the tenure um, with uh, the Steelers. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster has built more for the slot, and so you hope, fingers crossed, that Dante Moncrief and Jen, uh, James Washington pan out. That way you can move Juju Smith-Schuster around. He can play both the slot and outside, so that'll be a uh,
0: Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Let's see here. Lance is talking about Kent Graham. Lance, get out of here. Um, Ryan says, did you ever hear... Pat McAfee tells Troy's story, epic. Yes, I absolutely did. I wrote. I actually covered that on the on the website when he said it. Uh, that is definitely worth the listen. Um, absolutely worth the listen. So if you haven't, um, make sure you go and you check it out. Um, it, it's it's basically Pat McAfee talks about. In case you haven't heard it, McAfee talks about how he was lined up to do a fake field goal, and He's a punter, and they were essentially going to say, look, here's what we're going to do. If you see this, if we're on this hash, this distance, this defense, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run a fake. And so he's there, and he's lined up. They're on the the correct hash, their correct distance. He's ready for it. He looks at Vinatieri. He calls it, and as he turns around, Troy Polamalu number 43 moves over into that hole where he's going to be running and immediately his heart stops and he realizes i've got to have got to kill the play i've got to kill the play and they end up just kicking a field goal and he talks openly about how he blames <laughs> Troy Polamalu for killing his dreams of scoring a touchdown he's a dream killer because he had everything perfect until Polamalu i don't know if it was film study he just moved over into that hole and he wasn't able to run the play but with that i um I bring in Lance Williams, and Lance, what's going on? What's
2: happening, Jeff? We are Team Gray Shirt today.
1: Yeah, happening. Yep. Not much. I was reminiscing about Slash. And I think that's when you tuned into the show. Now, I have
2: an interesting story about that nickname.
1: Okay, go for it.
2: So, as you, most of you guys on the site who listen to the show, you guys know that I'm from Manchester. I'm from the North Side community, maybe about seven minutes, eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes tops from Hinesfield. field. The nickname slash actually comes from my uncle. And because my uncle did a whole bunch of different things very well, so like he could cut hair, train dogs do this so it was like slash this slash this slash that slash this and so somehow that nickname went from him to Cordell they start calling Cordell slash on the north side cuz he could do a whole bunch of different things and somehow it stuck well so he, that's my uncle's nickname it came, my uncle. Uncle. it came from my uncle
1: there you go came
2: from my uncle Too bad Slash couldn't pass.
1: (laughs) But when he was Slash, he was fun to watch. That guy was dynamic.
2: Yeah. You know, Slash is personally responsible uh, for giving me a migraine headache when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Uh, Championship game.
1: 2001? Um, Was that a one?
2: Yes. When they scored one offensive touchdown and won the game because Slash was – you know what Roms was slash. Yes,
1: we yeah, yeah you Yeah, he was yeah, I remember the yeah. one pass that he overthrew by I swear it was ten yards. <laughs> it wasn't even close.
2: <laughs> AKA Mr. Shinley Park.
1: Yeah, not gonna go there. Um, <laughs> so I let us let's, let's go back. Um I talked earlier on the show about the drama and the Steelers and Joey Porter's comments. What were your what were your what was your takeaway on Joey Porter's comments? Let's start with what he said about Ben.
2: I'm so numb to it all. But you know, the one thing about it is, you know, he's been in that locker room. He's dealt with Ben as a player and dealt with Ben as a coach. Now, you know, if you want to hear a voice that You know, could be true, could be not, but a person that at least is qualified to talk about the matter is Joey Porter. Whether you believe Joey or not, that's up to you. But it's not as if it's a guy outside the locker room, myself, yourself, any other podcaster that hasn't been in a locker room that isn't privy to it that's making the comment. It's a person that was privy to it. And so, you know, this is Joey's opinion. You either believe it or you don't.
1: Right. But what he said should not come as a shock to anyone, right? I mean he said no, that, I, he said that Ben was selfish. Yeah. Okay. I, okay.
2: I am too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I am too. I'm selfish with my time. Yeah. I mean, so exactly, I am too. you can't be that good if you aren't selfish to a certain extent. I mean, you gotta protect your time, guard your time, prepare. Just could be a selfish guy. I mean, end of the day, your responsibility is to win, not be unselfish.
1: Yeah, and so that was – I don't know. I didn't like that segment. I mean, it just seemed kind of forced. It kind of seemed like Porter didn't want to really talk about it all that much, but they kept asking questions. and He's probably a little bit bitter as well, I would imagine, because he probably feels like he should still be coaching there. Uh, but what he said about Devin Bush was a little bit different. Now, this is where he said that the defense typically – had to allocate two, possibly three players to fill in for what Ryan Shazier did. And he thinks Devin Bush will be able to basically go in there and he won't have to do as much around him to cover for that position. Now, Lance, you hear that. What are your thoughts? He didn't really do – he didn't scout Devin Bush. He's not an inside linebacker coach. But what are your thoughts from that that coming from him?
2: I mean, it's like asking Picasso to paint with a spray can. I mean – You know, you you think of the defensive coordinator, you, you, you think of the defensive staff, that now that they've got all of the pieces in play, we can actually go out there and paint. We can paint. We can create. We can actually run the defense as we see fit and actually call it the way we've schemed it and designed it because we don't have to make this. You know, we don't have to create a work of art with spray paint or the Mona Lisa with spray paint. We have all the resources that we need to create and do this defense like we want, so we can actually go out there and scheme and play. So it'll be exciting to see what the defense looks from that perspective.
1: I agree. I think that it's, you know, at least he does have the tangibles, the athleticism, the measurables to, you would think, to do what Ryan Chasier did in terms of sideline to sideline, covering tight ends. Um, there are some question marks that will have to be answered, but at the same time, on paper, I could see that. Now, the one, the one thing I really go ahead, Lance, did you have to say something.
2: You know what, Jeff? We should, we should just instead of like measurables and tangibles, we should say the ables. He has the ables. <laughs> let's just, let's just cut it short. He has the ables. So if it's tangibles, intangibles, measurables, whatever ables, he just has the ables. So you can put the balls in the middle of the defense. Hey, let's see what happens.
1: That's true. Now, the one thing I did want to make sure that uh, you – I want to get your thoughts were Juju Smith-Schuster's comments. I talked about it. Was he throwing shade at Antonio Brown when he said to the media that, hey, look, I'm going to be around. I'm going to be available. I'm not going to be an a-hole.
2: Of course he was. He followed my – if you guys listened to my last – Uh, You know, my last podcast the year I said it and how Ben Roethlisberger should take the middle road. I gave a little, you know, a couple instructions on how you take the middle road. And the middle road is simply, you know, how can you throw shade in a way that does not call attention to the person that you're throwing shade? And he did it perfectly. He used pronouns. He didn't say AB's name. He left it up to interpretation from anybody that listened to it. So he was vague enough. He got his point across. So if the person who heard it listened to it, they might think he was talking about it. Somebody else, they might not think it was the perfect answer. Again, Juju gets it.
1: Yeah, then I think that, and I said this earlier. Um, I think that ultimately he, you would be foolish to think that Juju didn't learn something from Antonio Brown. You know, his work ethic, his you know ability to be a transcendent player. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot that he could learn from Antonio Brown in terms of how not to do things. You know, The media hated the fact that this guy who went from this awesome character in the locker room, I mean, when he was Antonio Brown, everyone loved him. He did the uh, – uh, what was the show on Steelers.com? Um, it was just like a little five-minute video that they would do once a week, and Antonio Brown would walk around and interview other players and stuff. And that was what everyone saw, and it was awesome, and it was funny. Um, if you're in the live chat, go. Ahead. I'm trying to think of the name of that. He ended up passing off the baton to Juju, and he didn't want to do it anymore. And he would only inter- get interviewed on Fridays. What it is? There it is. Thank you, Matt. Um, what it is is the name of the sh- was the name of the show, and he didn't want to do it anymore. He was then he told the media he's only going to be answering questions on Fridays. He started calling himself Ronald Ocean and Mr. Big Chest, and That was Mr. Big Chess was after. But I I guarantee you, if I'm Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm looking at this guy like, what in the world is going on? You know? And so he's like, look, I'm not going to be an a-hole to you guys. I'll be around you guys. I'm not going to just take questions on one day a week. And so, like you said, he gets it, man. He knows how to play the cards. And then guess what? The media now is going to view him in a positive light. They're going to be more understanding when he has a mistake. They're not gonna rip him as much. He gets it. He gets, like you it, said. He
2: gets it. What was the nickname after you said after Mister Big Chest?
1: Well, you mean when he called himself Ronald Ocean?
2: Oh, Ronald Ocean. Okay. Oh, maybe that was Frank Ocean's cousin.
1: Oh, was it? Was it Frank Ocean? I always thought it was Ronald. You no, know,
2: Frank. You know, Frank Ocean's the singer.
1: Billy so Ocean.
2: Joey Ocean. He wasn't Ron Mexico wasn't Junior. The-
1: wasn't Billy? No, was it Billy Ocean? It was Billy Ocean. Yes, Caribbean, Queen. Caribbean Queen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> karaoke delight. <laughs>
1: I think we've hit a. That's a new milestone it, for the flagship podcast. When you mentioned Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen on a show, yes, somehow ties in with the Steelers. I feel like you've been, awesome. a, you've been doing you've yeah. been doing it long enough. We've reached the Billy Ocean milestone.
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) Rushmore-ish, yes, yes, Billy Ocean, Caribbean queen. (laughs) Our hearts beat as one. No more love on the run. So, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a great song. My dad listened to him all growing up. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Lance, real quick, uh, OTA's week one. What do you draw from that, if anything? We got a lot of quotes. We had a lot of video of players being interviewed. not a lot of news in terms of on-field performance, but you're not going to get that because it's, as Mike Tomlin calls it, football in shorts. So what were your thoughts on OTAs week one?
2: I'm going to be honest, Jeff. You know me when it comes to OTAs. <laughs> My thoughts are your thoughts.
1: Well, let, let's let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. You don't have to just say this about OTAs. You could just say, Jeff, the only <laughs> thing that I ever follow is the regular season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey man, hey man. Pretty much like training camp, like preseason, like I'm I'm watching about then. Um, you know, I actually like preseason. Well, actually, I don't, um, but I say that I do because I feel like I need to say that I do. I actually don't. Uh, so you're you're probably right, Jeff. I just look for injuries, man. Like Ruben Foster tore his ACL. Like I know that. Yeah. because that was a big injury my only thing is like look as long as these guys are injured and you know they're not on a police blotter hey it's a winning day for the steelers
1: yeah I and mean, i think that um at least you're honest <laughs> at least you're honest about it <laughs> i mean i have to follow this stuff i mean i'm the one that writes the ota recap after every freaking that's gotta,
2: that's gotta be tough
1: um not so much I and mean, because I'm not there like if I was uh, for the writers that are there I'm sure that you know you're taking audio and you're transcribing and that's got to be long but right? for me I'm mean, as a secondhand news source we're just taking the videos that people are putting on Twitter I'm giving summations of it and just kind of putting it into a nice little box for people that don't want to spend two hours reading six articles about Otas well here's a, a good 30 minutes you can go and watch the right. videos watch them interviews that's just the way I do it so there you have it but um I don't know um oh my gosh Dave Schofield's in the live chat quoting Billy Ocean get out of my dreams get out of my dreams and into my car <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's another song that that was the yeah. other, that other, is the other song exactly <laughs> yes, yes and Billy Ocean had a Jerry curl too that tells you how long ago that was wow
1: yeah that was a long time ago So um, here we have a question from Heath. He said, will Juju become Pittsburgh's all-time leading receiver during his career? He says no because he'd likely have to go through a quarterback transition. What are your thoughts on that, Lance?
2: I agree. You know, He's playing with a franchise quarterback now, Hall of Famer. He won't be after, what is it, 2021?
1: That's when Ben is out of there. Yeah, uh uh-huh.
2: 2021 after that. So he better put up monstrous numbers until then. Because after that, it could be like Larry Fitzgerald.
1: Well, he he better pray that he puts up monster numbers, and he better pray that uh, Mason Rudolph for Joshua Dobbs turn out to be something pretty special. Because <laughs> no, you, believe, you believe I, Mason
2: I'm, is going to be special. I mean, I'm on.
1: leaving my personal opinions on this aside. Uh, this is just, we're just I'm trying to stay neutral. You know, you've been you've been people have been attacking you I know people have been attacking you I know. both on behind the and Bo, the guy that called you the ikea guy he uh, said you're right. a negative nelly he was going off in the live chat not too long ago that,
2: that, that's right i had which, to do a show coming up addressing that
1: yeah so that'll be that'll be coming up in a couple of days where you yeah. actually are you're clapping back
2: a little bit, you know, not not a real clapback. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a difference between a hater and a critic. Like there, there's a difference, so I I needed to point that out on the show next week or coming up this week, yeah, or yeah. Wednesday. But I'm so off with holidays.
1: Yeah, I feel like today's Sunday and it's not. It's Monday, and yeah, yeah, way off. <laughs> so, um you know, that didn't want it to be a long show. There really wasn't a ton to talk about. We're getting ready to start OTAs second week. We'll start tomorrow, which is Tuesday, which is when most of you will be hearing this episode. Um, and then we'll be back next weekend, uh, hopefully back to our normal day of Sunday and get that scheduled out and, and back to a normal swing of things. Um, but Lance, is there anything you want to say to the Steeler faithful out there? Cause you missed the first portion of the show. Um, which was planned by the way i don't want people thinking the lance was just like late uh yeah
2: I, I was late i was i was sort of late like I, I just say this Steeler fan be patient too bad that the season isn't like avengers Endgame, game where we could do a time skip and get to september but you know these are the dog days that are necessary in building a championship unit you build character as a team during OTAs and during training camp and during this time. This is where a lot of the heavy lifting is done and the foundational pieces are are put in place where they start installing offense, installing defense. This is this is the the we see the fruit of this labor in September, but you know, this stuff has to happen for you to see quality football in September. It just takes a long time to get to September.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And um, as I say that, uh, we have a super chat. Felicia gives five bucks. We appreciate it. She's she's given us <laughs> she's given us a lot, a, a little bit each show, and we appreciate that. She Says our team has always been the AFC team to beat. The Patriots just won their sixth Super Bowl, win, lose, or tie were the clickbait for the news, and that's regarding the headline of this episode, which is when will the drama side? It's because the Steelers moved the needle. Period. So, um i want to finish this show up by not only thanking everyone that watches and, and comments and stuff but on memorial day hopefully everyone that lives in the uh, continental united states of america takes a, a moment to just think about those that have served the country that whether it's past um obviously memorial day we memorialize those that lost their lives while serving in active duty um i know that uh my grandfather served in the Army and the Korean War was wounded, but thankfully was not um, killed. Um, I had some other veterans in the family. I've gotten to know uh, uh, I know there's one gentleman that he works out at the gym where I work out. and He's a Vietnam veteran and uh, he's just a, a great guy. He talked about doing two tours of Vietnam because he wanted to get his college education. They told him if they went back right away that he would get his education faster and he would be done and the stories that he tells about the men that didn't make it back um absolutely frightening absolutely frightening and so if i encourage you to do anything if you're listening to this if you see someone that is openly wearing a you know vietnam veteran hat or if you're lucky enough to see a world war ii veteran make sure you just go up and say thank you um they they, they do appreciate it um they might not want to talk in depth like my buddy at the uh, gym does but ultimately uh i'm thankful and i know lance you're thankful too um, for all those people that serve our country overseas and here at home, um, it's it's not overlooked. At least on my part, Lance, I'm sure you would w- echo that, correct? Yeah, I,
2: I second that. Uh, my granddad was a uh, World War II vet. My father-in-law, like uh, your friend at the gym, uh, did two tours in Vietnam, and so uh, so definitely, I have a ton of veterans in my family. So yeah, definitely, I I, I, I share that sentiment
1: absolutely and so um when you think about it that way talking about the steelers is just really not that important <laughs> I, I love agree. you to say <laughs> talking it's, about, a game. Yeah, it's a game it's, it's a game it's a game and sometimes it's good to think that way because i think sometimes people take it so serious and they even forget that you know i you have no control over the outcome of this game we're just fans we're just watching this and and we're trying to enjoy it and stuff and so um it's just one of those things where uh you know a little bit of uh, brevity to the situation and you know understanding that it's it's important to us because we love it, but at the same time it's not that important. Especially OTA's week one is not that important. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and sign us out, Lance, to end the show.
2: And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.
1: All right, we'll see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard.